Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like... I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. Hello, my name is Alex Henry, and thank you for joining us at SPT Overtime. Today, I am honored to be interviewing 7-3 pro MMA fighter out of Strong Style in Independence, Ohio, Josh Rock and Roller. Josh, how are you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's good to be uh, on air in my hometown of Akron, Ohio. Yep. Well, I, uh, I thank you for giving me the time. I know you can be busy with your up-and-coming fight and training, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, but right now, I kind of want to know who you are, and I want the listener to know who you are. So if you could, uh, tell me about your up-and-comings in combat sports, like from an early childhood to maybe where you are right now. Okay, well, first and foremost, um, I am a Bible-believing Christian. I'm a Christ follower. That's what I want people to know about me um, before anything else. As uh, combat sports goes, I grew up wrestling. I started in first grade. I was garbage. <laughs> I went and defeated my first year. Second year, I ended up getting a win, you know, and then really started to fall in love with it. I wrestled throughout high school. Um, I got a scholarship to go to Penn State to wrestle, got in a little bit of trouble. Um, I boxed when I was younger. Of course, I played football. And then uh, it wasn't until after college where I really started to fall in love with, like, jiu-jitsu and the ground game. Um, and then... I decided to try my hand at MMA. Uh, to be honest, it was more so like I was tired of seeing good friends of mine like succeeding, doing very well, and me kind of being a coulda, woulda, shoulda. Right. So I was like, you know what? You know, pull my bootstraps up and see what it's about. And I fell in love with it. So you know, now I, I love jujitsu. I'm a black belt in jujitsu. I got my jujitsu black belt December 18th. That's awesome. Um, and then 10 pro fights in. I had six amateur fights, um, and then more recent, you know, I had one amateur boxing fight as well. But again, like I said, I boxed when I was a, a child as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And, of course, you know, my brother always beating me up and his friends beating <laughs> me up kind of helped me, you know, sure. get in MMA and make me a little tougher. So. Gotcha. That's awesome. So you uh, mentioned how you wrestled um, coming up, and you boxed a little, and now you're a big jiu-jitsu guy. Uh, and anybody that's watched your fights, they um, when they see you in that grappling, you're very uh, you take over. You're very good at that position. So I kind of want to ask you though, what would you, how would you describe your fighting style? Well, first I appreciate what you said. Um, secondly, I would say um, I mean I'm a, I'm a wrestler at heart, um, but I'm a I'm a freestyle fighter. So you know, obviously, I, it's, fight starts on your feet. So you got to be able to handle yourself on your feet, you know, with punches, kicks, elbows, knees, all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, of course, if you start losing that battle, then you got to go in, you know, to your nature. And my nature is wrestling. But with that being said, um, I'm comfortable being on the ground. I'm comfortable being on my back. So it doesn't really bother me too much. Like if I would have to pull guard, like if by chance I couldn't get the takedown, um, 
so it's hard to kind of categorize like for myself what I think I am because I try to make myself comfortable in the most uncomfortable positions. So again, whether I'm in danger or whether I'm not, you know, I try to be comfortable. I may not be the best in every part of the sport, but I try to be comfortable and have a solid game on every aspect of the sport. Yeah, even in your last fight versus Larry Lawrence, it you know you he put you in a lot of uncomfortable positions. It's like he was like thinking what your next step was going to be, and every time it seemed you were able to find a way out of it or find a way to reverse it or find something. So I do I would agree with that. I think you're very dominant on that grappling ground. And even then in that fight, uh, when it came to your striking too, I thought it was really impressive. Um, I think it was the second round hit him with a couple combos, and then you went for that shot. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty sweet. Uh, so, you know, you did win your fight by unanimous decision versus Larry Lawrence and what was a very dominant three-round uh, fight. You showed zero signs of slowing down. Uh, you were able to beat him striking on your feet, grappling him on the mat. Can you talk about that fight maybe a little and how you've been able to look back and uh, improve for your next bout? Yeah, actually, that fight, um, so... I haven't had a fight that hasn't had adversity. And with that fight in particular, I, I'm right-handed, and I broke my right hand wow. uh, about a week and a half. So the Monday, yeah, about a week and a half prior to the fight. And so it was hard to, you know, kind of change your game plan and rearrange everything so you wouldn't really be able to use your hand. There were a few times where I used my right hand in that fight, and I felt it. And, you know, there's <laughs> things where, you know, you just got to kind of try to block it out and sure. go around it. Um, so I knew a big part of my game plan was to get him to think on the feet. We're, you know, to be striking, you know, go high, go low. And then he actually came in pretty quick with, I believe it was a big left hook. And I ducked it and I was able to take his back right off the um, the bat in the first round. So then after that, you know, kind of everything transitioned um, but you know, there's, there's always, you learn from everything and, you know, there's, uh, like in particular that first round, I had his back for a while and instead of coming up, I was too comfortable being on my back. Um, cause I, I had his back and then as he started to roll out, I was like, okay, I'm fine here. You know, hindsight 2020, it would have been nice to get back up on top to where now I have more control. I can land more strikes. Sure. Um, but you know, I, I believe that adversity only makes you stronger. Um, and whether you face the same thing again or if you face something different, you know, you're going to have a foundation to be able to overcome it now. Right. Yeah, and that just, uh, just goes back to what you were saying about putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. Not necessarily that you wanted to put yourself right. into the situation of breaking your right hand, but even, you know, being able to uh, find your way in that position and being able to come that adversity, I do think is pretty... Uh, impressive so so what would you say that you're gonna that you're trying to improve in camp right now um looking back on that last fight uh going to your next fight now well everything um I know that's that's you know very bland but um in particular uh more movement on my feet I move pretty well on my feet as it is but um like if I'm pressuring I'd like to move a little bit more and what I mean by move is I switch stances. I'll go orthodox and southpaw. If you don't know, southpaw just means a left-handed stance. So I switch back and forth, and I'll try to, like if I'm pressuring, 
once I throw, you know, like a one, one, two, you know, two lefts and then a right, I might switch and then, you know, throw something else to land a bigger shot, you know, go up and down, um, but then go in, be able to strike and then get back out instead of always staying in. So lately I've been really trying to work on going in, going out. So I've been doing a little bit more boxing because um, those guys gotcha. are, are great with angles. So coming in, going out, uh, working on angles, um, and then just for this fight, I actually I had to work on um, the rules are weird in New Jersey right now just because it was like a, a access TV deal that they signed. And when they did it, they were you were allowed to elbow uh, to a ground opponent in the face. Okay. Well, that was a really bad injury, you know, blood all over the place where they actually changed it to where now you can't elbow an opponent in the face on the ground. Wow. So okay. that's a lot when you train that all the time, you know, it's a right. lot different when you take somebody down and you're in close quarters to, you know, be able to land nothing but hand or palm strikes. So that's something I've really been trying to work on because that's the last thing I want to do is go out there, throw an illegal elbow <laughs> yeah. and get disqualified. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be fun. So you mentioned it, uh, February 18th in Atlantic City, you will fight in your 11th professional bout for the featherweight world title against the 6-2 and two champion from Staten Island, Dennis the Great Bazooka. Um, I guess I want to ask you first, how's your, how's your weight right now? This weight cut is a little bit harder. Um, you know, unfortunately, when, you know, you lift, you tend to gain a little bit more sure. weight. Um, but it, it's going well. Um, I actually weighed out the lightest uh, since my last fight last night, yesterday. Good. So uh, weight's coming off pretty good. I know the last few pounds are definitely going to suck. Um, my opponent's big as well, too, though, so I know he's going to be cutting a lot of weight. Cool. Um, but the good thing about that is we get 24 hours. You know, we'll weigh right. in. This this fight is actually on a Friday, so we'll weigh in on a Thursday night. We'll have at least 24 hours to rehydrate, replenish, and then you know be able to go out there and dance. Yeah, that should definitely help. Uh so Dennis Bazooka, I hope I'm saying that right. Yep. Um, he's 10 years younger than you. Uh, he has a two-inch height advantage. He's coming off of a two-win fight streak. Uh, two-win uh, streak. Whoa. He's also fought in Dana White's Contender Series. He's um, been with Bellator. All of that being said, um, in my opinion, I think this is one of your most difficult opponents you've had. Uh, to take on in your pro um, career, would you would you agree with that? Yeah, um, he's definitely experienced. He trains at a really good camp, uh, Sarah Longo, and uh, the bantamweight world champion trains there. There's a lot of good guys that train there, so he's a lot of good drill partners. He actually corners a lot of guys that are in the UFC. Um, I got into fighting for quite a few reasons. A, I feel like it's my best platform to spread the gospel, but B, I... I like to push myself. I like to test myself. Um, I wouldn't want it any other way. You know, I, I want to fight the best so that if I beat the best, I know where I stand. If I lose to the best, I know where I stand. Um, he He's probably, I would say, the most credentialed right now okay. because of everything that he's done. My last opponent was also a Dana White uh, Contender Series alum. Um, and then a guy I lost to twice is a Bellator fighter. So, you know, I've, I fought a few good guys, but, you know, I had a, a, a few canceled fights within the past almost year, you know, after my April fight. And um, 
One was against a UFC vet, you know, so it's like I want to push myself against these guys. I want to be able to test myself, you know. My biggest thing is, you know, after college, I got in trouble at Penn State, so I never actually got to wrestle. I became a coulda, woulda, shoulda. Sure. And that's the one thing, because I started MMA late. You know, I started it real late. I went down a wrong road and made a bunch of wrong decisions and hung out with the wrong crowds. And finally, you know, I, I just didn't want to live that coulda, woulda, shoulda. And so now I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I expect to win, but I'm, I also, you know, I'm, I'm doing this so that I can never be a coulda, woulda, shoulda. I would rather fail than to say, oh, I could have done this or I would have right. done this or I should have done this. You know, succeed or fail regardless, you know, like I'm, I'm trying to make sure I go out there and actually do it. No, and I think that's really inspiring, actually, uh, to the listeners. Um, that even inspires me a lot because it, in your career, you know, we've seen, you know, a lot of wins, a lot of losses, but you've always just kept going. So, so you're going on your ward. You know, you're not uh, going to be a coulda, woulda, shoulda. And yeah, uh, I would say Dennis Baz- uh, Bazooka uh, does look pretty good. Um, what would you say your game plan? Um, I know some guys don't really like talking about it too much, but what are you what are you thinking? Uh, just in your head, kind of going into this bout. Pressure, um, get him thinking. Um, again, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> no, but uh, pressure, get him thinking about you know all sorts of different things. Get him thinking about wrestling, so his hands drop, start striking. There, there's a game plan, but there's also, you know a game plan for if he does this, if he does A, or if he does B. Sure. So, you know, I I do a lot better if I just go out there, act and react, than if I think. Um, so, again, I, I wanted to get him thinking about up and down, thinking about the strikes, thinking about, you know, possible takedown. If he starts reacting on that, then I can go back to my strikes. If he doesn't react on that and he keeps his hands up, then I go to my wrestling. If by chance the wrestling doesn't work, then, you know, I got to do what I got to do to get him on the ground. So if we get against the cage, I'm jumping guard. You know, I'll pull guard. Right. Um, you know, again, you got to do what you got to do in a fight. And 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 a lot of people, when, when they make a game plan and they try to stick to it, sometimes it's great. You know, sometimes, though, when you're doing your game plan and it's not working, they don't have these other options. So I try not to – we try to have, like, a basic game plan on what exactly I'm going to go out there and do as in, you know – not like, hey, I'm going to move this way, he's going to move that way. But no, you know, nonstop movement, keeping him thinking, keeping him guessing. That's why I try to keep my style, like, real fluid to where you may not know. It's not just like, I'm not a boxer. I'm not For just sure. a kickboxer. I'm not just a I wrestler. Agree. And that's another reason why I like to mix up my stances, go from orthodox to southpaw, because, you know, if you're getting hit with a power shot with the right hand, and the next thing you know, that right hand's touching you, you know, it sets angles up for all sorts of different strikes and or takedowns right yeah i uh i agree i like your very unorthodox um kind of mindset where you're just you're willing to switch to whatever you need to in a fight and uh you can definitely see that too it's uh not just talk for sure i don't want to be an easy puzzle right I (laughs) i want you to at least struggle to figure out the puzzle right uh yeah i'm very excited uh for this fight i'll definitely be watching um, not in New Jersey, but I'll be watching. <laughs> I will be watching. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to watch that fight. I want to ask you, um, 
And, you know, you talked about getting into the uh, mixed martial arts game lighter than you would have liked to, even though you have always had your uh, toes in the water of um, different combat sports. But uh, where where do you see yourself um, in the future, next five years, um, specifically in mixed martial arts? Well, um, I'm kind of, as of right now, I'm kind of I'm one of the old guys in the sport. Um, I did start late, and I haven't really taken a whole lot of damage, but being 34 years old in a young guy's sport, like you said, you know, I'm 10 years older than, than Dennis, and, you know, he's going to only improve and improve and improve. I plan on doing nothing but improving as well. Um, with that being said, I, I, I don't see myself retiring anytime soon. Um, I keep getting better, so if I'm going to continue to get better and my gas tank's going to, you know, continue to grow, I'm going to keep pushing. Because, um, again, like, I have my personal goals, which I'd love to be world champion. You know, of course, if you're not doing this and you don't want to be the best, you know, there's kind of something wrong. But on the, on <laughs> the right. same, on the other hand, uh, you know, I'm really, like, I'm doing this partially for me, but mainly I'm not doing it for me. Mainly I'm doing it so that I can be the light in the darkness. And there's a lot of darkness in the MMA community. Um, I mean, just in particular, I mean, there's a lot of people that may be intoxicated, whether it be alcohol, drugs, whatever. And if I can reach one person with the gospel, you know, if, if, if it affects one person, then I know I'm, I'm doing something greater than me. So when sure. I look back, I don't want them, I don't want people to be like, oh, you know, when they think of me and fighting, I don't want them to, you know, think about me. I want the first thing that comes to their mind to be Jesus. Sure. You know, I, I would like to shine so where, you know, my name doesn't matter. You know, as long as they, Jesus comes to mind, then I know I'm doing my job. If my name trails after that, you know, then so be it. But again, I just, I want to be known for something greater than me. So that's, you know, really why I do this. And that's, for me, my what I want to last in the sport, you know, I, I w I'm going to do this until, you know, God tells my body that, you know, that's it. You know, maybe it's time for you to wrap up. Um, but, you know, he made me a warrior. He made my hands for war and my fingers for battle, as Psalm 144.1 says. So it's like, that's me, you right. know, and I might as well use the gifts that he's given me while I can. That Yeah, that's awesome. And I, uh, you know, if you watched the... Uh... If anybody watched your fight in April, uh, you didn't look like the old guy <laughs> in the sport. Um, you, you, I would say you uh, look like you had more cardio than uh, Larry Lawrence did, and that's uh, not discrediting him in any way at all. But I, I thought you looked great. But let's talk. Let's talk about the um, the uh, religious side of your career. You know, you said uh, earlier you fight because you f feel that it's your field to sp spread the gospel. Um, you're very open about your faith on and off social media. Kind of just talk uh, a little bit about how, you know, that relationship has helped you um, throughout your career um, in and out of MMA. Yeah, well, um, as cliche as it is, um, and for those that know me, they know that I should either be dead or in prison. Um, I lost a lot of friends when I changed my life. Um, but obviously, to me, that just means that how good of friends were they really? Uh, when you try to better yourself, you know, it happens. Um, but, you know, I, I took a lot of wrong turns. I had a chip on my shoulder for a long time. I grew up knowing Christ, and I chose to ignore him 
throughout my, you know, high school, um, you know, early adult years. And it's by his grace that I am even able to fight. It's by his grace that I'm even able to sit here and, you know, talk about the things that we're talking about. Um, there are just a lot of situations, people I was with that, uh, and not, not to get into detail, but again, I, I shouldn't be here. They're not here, whether they're dead or they're locked up. You know, there's a lot of people like that. And I truly believe that, you know, Christ called me and had a bigger plan for me. I know he has a plan for everyone. Um, it just took me longer to open my eyes because I don't believe that like the devil wants you to hate God. He just wants you to forget about God so that you live in your sin. And that's all I did. You know, I, I lived wow. in it. My fleshly desires, my adrenaline desires, you know, everything that my mind wanted to act upon, I would act upon, you know, and I thought that was my heart. But in reality, you know, God had control of my heart and brought me back to the light. So it's, on and in and out of the cage, um, you know, I give it all to him because, again, without him, I wouldn't be here. Um, and along with that is when I truly found, refound, and, and, and grew that relationship with Christ, that's when I really started to fall in love with the sport of MMA, jiu-jitsu, striking, all that kind of stuff. Um and that helped kind of save me too. You know, I think about it now, you know, if I wasn't training, whether I'm fighting or not, if I wasn't training, I don't know what I would do. You know, after you get off work, what are you going to do? You right. know what I mean? So for me, I, I read my Bible a lot. I train a whole lot. And uh, that's pretty much my life. Yeah. I think well, it, I work too. I don't want to make it sound like <laughs> I don't work. Sure, sure. I work as well. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think that's very, uh, just very inspiring uh, you know, just being able, it definitely shows through you, even at the age of 34, being able to compete at the level that you do, um, is very impressive. Uh, and there's definitely a reason for that, um, other than yourself. Um, so I, I definitely think that's very inspiring. So you, you'd probably say, your Christ is your biggest example, but I am a little curious. Who would you say, you know, your favorite MMA fighter is? I would probably say Peter Yan. Uh, Bantamweight should be world champion. Um, he lost to Aljamain Sterling by a disqualification. Um, I, there's a lot of people I like. Uh, I loved Yoel Romero, you know, Soldier of God. I thought that was awesome, and because, you know, he was a wrestler. But I... Peter Yan's style and his work ethic, you know, I think it speaks for itself. Um, his guard is pretty, I mean, it's, it's like, it's impeccable. Like this, he's just a monster. And so someone that's younger and uh, smaller, someone that I could learn a lot from, you know, I love watching his fights because you know, he has such a good guard when he's standing up, but he can still strike from anywhere. His offensive striking is unbelievable. His defensive striking is unbelievable. His wrestling is, you know, great. His wrestling defense is great. Um, I'm sure his jiu-jitsu is too. I know his jiu-jitsu defense is, but he hasn't had to use that much jiu-jitsu offense. But, yeah, I, I think uh, 
he's probably one of my favorite fighters right now. Sure. So, so let me hit you with this question then, and you've probably got it before. But if you could have a dream fight versus anybody, who would who would you want that dream bout to be against? Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I know this is a lot of people's dream fight, but mine would be McGregor. The sure. reason I say that is because when I was fighting in 2014, I fought at the Roxino, and someone sent me a picture. I didn't know he was fighting that. I didn't even know who he was at the time. Someone sent me a picture, and I was like, oh, well, that's a pretty good picture of me. Um, and then I come to realize that it was him. <laughs> and we had the same hair, you know, which we braided at the time. Our hair's a lot different now. Our facial hair, everything's a lot different. Um, but what it bothered me because everywhere I would go, people would kind of try to call me McGregor. And I got an orange mustache, man. <laughs> like, it ain't right. blonde like his, you know? Sure. Uh, which I respect him, but I also think I would be a problem for him because him on his back, he uh, doesn't fare well. And being, Look at his last fight. <laughs> yeah, and being, being a wrestler with good jujitsu, I feel like I would be a problem for him, but not... It's not even for the money. Like, everyone's talking about they'd want to fight McGregor because it's the payday. I don't care about the payday. Like, for me, at that time, he was the best in the world, you know, and I would have loved to be able to challenge him in that, possibly being a kryptonite in certain aspects to him. But more so, like I said, because, you know, I'll be in a jiu-jitsu match and someone will be like, oh, go McGregor. And I'm like, dude, I'm not McGregor. Like, <laughs> I'm older than him. <laughs> he like, you should right. be calling him me. You yeah, know? Like, for sure. Hey, you look like McGregor. Well, it's hard to look like somebody that you're actually McGregor older than. McGregor should look like you. Yeah, you know. Right. Well, uh, Conor McGregor, if you're listening, you, you heard it. You heard the challenge. Hey, and I'm German and Irish, <laughs> man. It can, be, it can be all for fun. We can just right. go to a gym and have some fun. <laughs> Well, I know everyone here at WZIP, as well as the city of Akron, certainly cheering you on. Wish you the best of luck as you finish your training. Go to Staten Island and bring the featherweight championship home. Thank you. Thank can, you. Can you maybe tell the people uh, how they might be able to watch the fight and stay updated on your career? Uh, yeah, if you go to ringofcombat.com, I know that I'm not exactly sure what their stream or, or how they do that. Um, I was trying to look into it a little bit, but... Uh, if you go there, check them out. I'm sure you know you can find a stream. Um, if you want to drive the seven and a half, eight hours <laughs> to Tropicana in Atlantic City, you know you can watch me. And then maybe make a little bit of money gambling. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, yeah, and then if I actually don't have a Facebook anymore, but I have an Instagram, uh, Rock and Roller, and uh, it's R O C K I N R O H L E R. And the only thing you're really going to see on there, I post a little bit about me, but I mostly post about Jesus. I mostly post scriptures because, again, uh, this platform that I have, I try not to use for me. I try to use for him. So my job is to tell the truth and to speak the truth, and uh, that's all I'm really trying to do. So, Awesome. Well, truly, thank you again for taking the time. Uh, to have this interview and thank you for listening to another episode of SPT Overtime. You've been listening to Josh Rock and Roller and Alex Henry signing off. What's going on everyone? My name is Jake Murren and I'm joined by Michael Matthews. Yes, that is me. I am him. 
and Alex Henry. Hello, everybody. I'm super excited for the show because the first UFC preview show we did was for UFC 269 that Michael and I was mm-hmm. were on, and then I went over UFC 270 with Alex, and now for UFC 271, all three of us are here and are going to make some picks on some truly great fights, so I can't wait. Obviously, UFC 271 is headlined by an exciting second fight between Robert the Reaper Whitaker, Israel the last stylebender Adesanya for the undisputed middleweight title, but the entire five-fight main card is looking stacked, and we'll start with the first bout at lightweight between Bobby Green and Nazrat Hakparast. Now, Bobby Green, last fight, he got a first-round KO of Raging Al Iquinta at UFC 268, He's 27, 12, and 1 in his UFC career. For Hack Parast, his last fight was a decision loss to Dan Hooker at UFC 266. And he is a young fighter who is 13 and 4. I'll go to you guys first. Who do you think is going to win the first fight on the main card? Yeah, I uh, think Nazrat's a good striker. Coming off that loss to Dan Hooker, he really had no answer for the wrestling which is not usually him. He's usually has some pretty good uh, takedown defense. Uh, Nazareth's grappling is typically good. Uh, like I said, he's good at wrestling. And he's also a very fun striker to watch. He's got that overhand left power. Uh, Bobby Green's also very talented, and in my opinion, I have always thought he's a top-level guy in the UFC. Um, and he's lost a lot of fights. I think we can all agree he's lost a lot of fights that he should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby is good in both stances, has good low punches. I can see Bobby Green being able to last, not get knocked out, but I don't think he will win striking as good as he might be. He must have the confidence to go to, for takedowns. Nazrat more now than ever after his last fight should be ready for wrestling, but I'm still not confident if he will win those wrestling exchanges. So he should try to lean on his striking, uh, like I said, with that overhand left. And my analyst side wants to pick Bobby Green, but my heart's telling me that Nazrak will win those striking matches and be able to grapple when necessary. So I'm going to go Nazrak hack pressed by decision. You know, it's okay. really interesting. I feel like my heart is telling me to go to go with Nazrak, but at the same time, I think Bobby Green is probably the better option here. I think Nazrak, like we've been talking about, almost like an elite striker. You have this from the southpaw stance, this overhand that you keep talking about, it's scary. I don't want to stand in front of that. Myself, I don't want to get hit by a single punch he's throwing. But at the same time, you know, Bobby Green fighting, I believe it's BJJ, like he he's, he's very confident when it comes to grappling, like you said. He lost a lot of fights he should have won. In my opinion, I feel like he gets this one by unanimous decision. I don't think there's any knockout or anything like that, but... It's a good fight. Uh, Nazarek's almost there, just not all the way. Yeah, and the thing with Nazarek, he's also so young, like I said. He's also been very active recently. He's 26 years old. He's already making his eighth appearance mm-hmm. in the UFC. And also that decision loss to Dan Hooker that I mentioned, there was so much going into that fight. I know his uh, mother had just passed away, I believe, yep. before that. So there's a lot going on, and I don't think his wrestling is quite evolved and gotten to that next level quite yet but he is a great striker um he only has one takedown in his career so he's got to work on that yeah but i'm gonna take bobby green here in the first fight of the night i think it's gonna be bobby green via 
decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks out Nazrat either. Mm. Um, honestly, just Bobby Green, like I said at the top, 27-12-1. He's very experienced. He can mix in the wrestling with his strikes if he needs to. And right now it just seems as if his striking has only gotten better recently yeah. in his latest fights. Even against the uh, the Rafael Fiziev fight where he lost, he showed improved striking in that third round. He almost knocked out Fiziev. And against Ally Quinta, that was a first-round KO. Some nasty strikes thrown in that one as well. I do agree with you, Michael. I have Bobby Green by decision. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks out Nazrat either to start off the night at lightweight. Moving on from the first fight, though, we go to fight number two taking place at bantamweight between Kyler Phillips and Marcelo Rojo. Um, Phillips, his last fight was a decision loss to Rollian Paiva. And uh, for Rojo, his last fight was a KO loss in his UFC debut to Charles Jordan. How do you guys see this entertaining bantamweight fight playing out? I think this is the definition of a toss-up for me. If I had to bet on a fight like this, I try not to, basically. Um, it's it's definitely something that I could see going either way. Just looking at the tail of the tape, they're almost like identical fighters when it comes to size, reach, stance, all of that. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. I, Alex, I'd want to know what you pick for this one because I'm really struggling to even pick somebody. Yeah, I think you said it good. This is a very exciting fight. Uh, they're very similar. Kyler Phillips is a well-rounded fighter. He's very fun to watch striking, feet's always moving, likes to change things up. He's also a pretty good wrestler. Uh, Rojo's basically the same way. Rojo's won late. I'm not confident if he'll win late here. He has a very solid standing game. He's just a tough guy. Mm -hmm. His nickname's the Pitbull, and you know, that's kind of saying it right there. He's a tough dude. Uh, neither have great cardio either. Right. Like you said, they're so similar. I'm going to go with Kyler. I like him better, uh, and I think <laughs> he is better uh, as long as he doesn't make big mistakes like he has in the past, make smart offensive moves. I think he's a little better at everything, and they don't call him the Matrix for nothing. I mean, he's so complex with his striking and his counters, so I think this Saturday he'll be clean on his feet, lean on wrestling when he has to, and I'm going to go Kyler Phillips, second round, late knockout. I'd want to... Like, I tend to use the same judgment with this. I'd like to go with Kyler as well. I think Marcelo, like you said, his UFC debut in, in a knockout wasn't an impressive performance, obviously. Honestly, I, th I really feel like the big gap in between his debut and his previous fight is huge. You know, you look at years in between your fights, unless you are like Conor McGregor and John Jones, if you don't have that, you know, octagon rust or ring rust out of there, you... You're not obviously going to forget how to fight, but you need that experience, especially if you're fighting in the UFC. Absolutely. Um, I, I do feel like I'm going to go with Kyler here, and I might want to say knockout as well. Yeah, so we're all in agreement here. I'm also taking Kyler Phillips to win this fight. And also, there's two main stats in this fight that I'm looking at. So for Kyler Phillips, he averages 3.2 takedowns every 15 minutes in the octagon. Wow. So that's 3.2 takedowns per, like, three rounds pretty much. Yeah. This is a three-round fight. Um, but for Rojo, for him, he has a 100% takedown defense in his career. Uh, he's only 16-8, and eight, though. Not too much experience. Only one fight in the UFC. Kyler Phillips, on the other hand, he's been in the on the main stage. He's been in the UFC. I think his takedown 
offense is going to be better than Rojo's takedown defense. And I see Phillips getting a submission in this fight, and mm. I'll say round three. Okay. Um, Kyler Phillips by submission in round three. I just like his uh, his wrestling too much in Rojo. He's still inexperienced. He's got good striking, but I just think Kyler Phillips knows the game plan and strategy here to take him down to the ground. Moving on from that fight, though, we're getting into the meat of the main card and number three versus number four in the middleweight division it's going to be jared the killer gorilla cannoneer versus Derek the one brunson cannoneer in his last fight got a decision win against kelvin gaslam and then brunson in his last fight he got a submission win over darren till both men are a little bit older in their careers Mm -hmm. but in the prime stages at ranks number three and four who do you guys like between Cannoneer and Brunson? I have Brunson here, and I don't have it very clear, but I think if you look at Brunson's last fights, if correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's won like five in a row. I don't know about you guys, but I think a hot streak is very important. Obviously, it can be stopped by one errant punch or somebody just not blocking, but I feel like that that hot streak will continue on Saturday. I don't know if I'd be willing to bet on that per se, but... I do feel like I have Brunson here. I'll give him a knockout. Let's say second round. Yeah, you uh, you did say uh, Derek Brunson's coming off of a rear naked choke submission versus Darren Till. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Jared is immensely powerful. Right. Has good leg strikes. Likes to switch his stance quite frequently. Has all right grappling, but he wants to keep his fight standing. And he's also jacked yeah. for his weight class. He yeah. he made a cut from heavyweight to middleweight. Um, like you said, though, Derek Brunson it, is a good wrestler. He's on a winning streak. Uh, needs to work on his takedowns a bit, but I'm worried he has a bad chin. Hmm. And I think this fight's going to be fun to watch because it's such a clash of styles. Um, I also think, and this is just my opinion, but I think this is a contender spot fight. I oh, think, absolutely. I think who wins this fight is going to be the next contender for the middleweight, so there's a lot on the line. I'm going to pick Jared, knowing Brunson has a chance to win with his wrestling, but I'm going to take the striker. I'm going to say Jared by knockout, as okay. long as he doesn't give him a chance to wrestle. However, I can see an upset and uh, Brunson winning by decision, so this should be a fun one to watch, a uh, possible contender spot on the line and just that clash of styles yeah so if israel adesanya wins the main event which we'll get to here shortly if he wins the main event this is absolutely a number one contender bout right here um brunson would get that rematch against adesanya whereas cannoneer that that's that like fresh blood that uh adesanya is really craving for in that middleweight division that mm-hmm. he's dominated recently so definitely a number one contender match especially since uh sean strickland beat Jack Hermanson this weekend, but it wasn't in too impressive fashion. So Sean Strickland probably won't be in that conversation quite yet, at least. But I can see this fight ending in two ways between Cannoneer and Brunson. I can see a Cannoneer potential knockout because he has that power. Mm -hmm. Like you said, former heavyweight, he has that great striking and movement skill, switches stances. For Brunson, he has... He's been knocked out five times in his career, and he has the tendency to keep his chin up, which is why he has that stigma of having a weak chin. It's just because he keeps it keeps it up. He leaves himself vulnerable yeah. to strikes and to looping attacks as well. 
So I can see Cannoneer knocking out Brunson, but I'm actually going to take Brunson beating Cannoneer via decision in this okay. one. I just think Brunson's wrestling is at a whole new level. He evolved his game. He changed his hair color. He's now blonde Brunson. And <laughs> new hair color, new fighter, honestly. He has, he's has he been averaging 3.15 takedowns per 15 minutes, and he has 19 takedowns in his last five fights, which is just insane. He's 23-7. and seven. He's been taking guys down, and I honestly think his wrestling is going to be able to overpower Cannoneer. Cannoneer only has a 62% takedown defense in his career, so I really see Brunson taking Cannoneer down, wasting time on the clock, and getting a decision win. Uh, over Cannoneer, and then that might set up a Derek Brunson versus Israel Adesanya rematch coming soon. I want to see that. Um, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and Brunson, he's been on a five-fight win streak since losing to Adesanya. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that one plays out at the third fight of the night. Going into the heavyweight bout, the co-main event, a slobber knocker this one should be. <laughs> Derek the Black Beast Lewis, the third-ranked heavyweight in the world, Versus Ty Bam Bam to Ivasa, the number 11 ranked heavyweight in the world. Somebody's going to go down in this fight. Gentlemen, who is going to go down? Yeah, I like what I wrote down here. I said Derek Lewis is a better get off the tracks because the freight train is coming kind of guy. I mean, he's got that huge knockout power. And he has no problem waiting out a whole fight to land his big shot. He does it all the time uh he's also got pretty good movement for his weight as well i think tied to ivasa might be a slightly better striker with a really tough chin he was really tough against greg hardy and i could see him probably being able to survive a big Derek lewis punch my worry with to ivasa is he's not really crazy good at anything mm. like when it comes to the you know, the UFC, you have your kickboxers, your boxers, your wrestlers, your jiu-jitsu guys. Right. He's not necessarily crazy good at anything. But what I will say is he's a good cage fighter. And, like, he's just good yeah. at fighting in the UFC. I uh, I just remembered this. You know, looking at the Francis Nagano Cyril Gon fight, and a lot of people compared um, Derek Lewis to Francis Nagano. And Nagano came out of that fight and just started wrestling. Mm-hmm. And nobody expected it. We didn't even talk about it on our last podcast. No, we did not. And he and he came out wrestling, so maybe we see that from Derek Lewis. I didn't write that down, but I don't know. With all that being said, though, I think Tuvasa is going to beat Lewis. Oh, wow. I, I think he has um, really good hand speed. I think his footwork's evolved, too. Uh, Lewis has got to knock him out to win. Uh, obviously, but I think the game plan here is tied to Ivasa slows down Derek Lewis, doesn't get knocked out, has that tough chin, and then Bam Bam wins the fight, gets a shoe, and chugs a beer. Uh, That's fair. It's very fair. I think Derek Lewis gets this one, and I. It's another one I keep talking about. I'd be willing to bet on. I think Ooh. Derek. Oh, okay. I think Derek Lewis. <laughs> like it's something about the fact, like you said. How are you so, like, light on your feet at your weight? Like, how do you have such impressive very movement? Impressive. First off, you have very surprising cardio. I don't expect you to be able to last this long, a five-round fight, and still be able to, you know, hang in there. 
I think Ty is there. And he's a very impressive striker. A very impressive striker. Uh, you know, it might be just because he's from Australia, but I almost liken it to like a Mark Hunt, where it's like, you're not overly good at a whole lot, but you still have that power. You have, right. You're dangerous. You yeah. can't just take a punch from him. But another person you cannot take a punch from is Derek Lewis. And I think he gets caught with one. Ty gets caught with one by Derek Lewis. I think this this one's over round two. Knockout. I mean, this fight has to end via Somebody's knockout, getting right? knocked Somebody's out. Getting Somebody's knocked getting knocked Saturday out. <laughs> Someone's hitting the mats very hard. The referee is pulling them off of them. <laughs> and somebody's getting their hand raised. But for this one, I'm agreeing with Alex here. I do wow. think Ty Tuivasa is going to find a way to win this fight. And look, th- you don't really have to say much about Lewis. The knockout power is there. The accuracy and speed, like you said, is there. He's 25-8 and eight and has 21 wins yeah. by knockout. Yeah. He, just the insane knockout power combined with his fast strikes can put anybody's lights out. And that's been seen. The one thing I don't like about Derek Lewis, though, is sometimes he's just too patient mm-hmm. and he doesn't throw enough output. Yeah. He's only he only throws two point five two strikes per minute, and he really needs to amp that up. And sometimes being aggressive can catch you, but at the same time, sometimes being aggressive can catch the other guy. Right. So for Derek Lewis, it depends what Derek Lewis goes out there. If he's aggressive, I think he will win. But if he's a little bit too patient and reserved, he's fighting in his hometown in Houston, which might be more of a distraction sure. than anything else. I, we'll see what Derek what Derek Lewis we get on Saturday night. As far as Tuivasa goes, he's thirteen and three. Uh, his last fight was a second round KO of Augusto Sakai, and he has twelve wins by knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on a four fight winning streak. Has certainly revamped his career. But the big thing about Ty Tuivasa is that he uses those leg kicks yeah. to close the distance, and th- and then out of nowhere, he just throws an onslaught of strikes. So I think if he just sticks to his game plan, sticks to what he does well, use those leg kicks to knock down those legs of Derek Lewis, which will also slow down the movement of Derek Lewis, and then just go in there, throw those strikes. He also has knockout power. Mm-hmm. We saw that Derek Lewis got knocked out by Cyril Gaon for the interim heavyweight championship. I think the same thing will happen here to Ivasa. Not going to wrestle at all, but will find a way to close the distance with those leg kicks, throw some strikes, and get the knockout over Derek Lewis. I'll I'll say round two okay. knockout for Bam Bam to Ivasa representing Australia. And who doesn't love the Shoei celebration? It's yeah. amazing, and I hope we <laughs> do awesome. see it on Saturday night. Him jumping on the cage in Houston and getting that Shoei that he will deserve if he does beat Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, who's ranked three in the heavyweight division, and Tuivasa's number 11, so that would be a big jump for Tuivasa at this stage of his career as well. But now it's time to get into the main events of the evening. It'll be Israel, the last stylebender, Adesanya, the middleweight king, versus Robert the Reaper, Whitaker, to their first fight, Adesanya knocked out Whitaker in round two. And Adesanya, like I said, he's the king of the middleweight division. He's been so dominant lately. But Whitaker might be his toughest test yet. This new Robert Whitaker that we've seen recently. Who do you guys like in the main event and why? Yeah, uh, the first fight, Robert Whitaker came out charged. uh, Trying to come in, throw big punches. 
Uh, I actually have Robert Whitaker winning the first round of their last fight until mm-hmm. the very end yeah. where he got knocked down. Uh, I, I, I have him winning that round. Uh, I think, like you said, he looks better in all categories uh, since their last fight, and he's earned his chance for this rematch. Uh, he's a volume striker. He's a good kickboxer, wrestler. And I think if he does a mix of what he did in his last fight, which was just get in his face, not afraid to really get in his bubble and throw punches, unlike in his last fight, maybe go for more takedowns and wrestling, a little mix of that might um, give Adesanya some some difficulty. But in my opinion, I don't think it matters. Uh, if you take Izzy down a bunch of times, like you saw versus uh, Marvin Vittori, uh, he tried to take Izzy down a bunch, and it didn't necessarily work out in his uh, favor. Uh, it, and they said, you know, Izzy's camp said that he's only gotten better at his wrestling since his last fight. Uh, he can do it all. I'm in the studio wearing his shirt, or wearing a shirt with him all over it. Israel Adesanya is one of my favorite fighters. Arguably one of the best strikers in UFC. Uh, very precise. Has that length advantage. Quick. Uh, great kickboxing, uh, great power. It's my prediction, you know, as good as Whitaker's striking and wrestling and, you know, his cute little game plan he claims he has is, I don't even think he's in the same ballpark oh, as Adesanya. Wow. I mean, if, if Adesanya's the 1995 Chicago Bears, then... Whitaker's my eighth grade brother's football team. Oh man, the disrespect and to I, Robert, I, the disrespect I, to Bobby Knuckles. Here. I, my brother's name is actually Robert, so, <laughs> so no offense to either Roberts, but I mean, I, I don't think it's close. I think Adesanya is going to pick him apart, use his length, his speed, and if it goes on the ground, it might pose him a challenge. I'm not really worried because I see the last style bender uh, writing Robert Whitaker's name in his death note. One last time, balancing his chakras, doing whatever he needs to do. And I got him winning by knockout. I know Whitaker's better now, but I, I like I said, I don't. I know a lot of people think this fight's closer, think Whitaker's better. I, I don't. I disagree. I got his by knockout. I, I agree, but at the same time, I don't want to take away from Robert Whitaker's like, ability. I do feel if Israel Adesanya was not at the head of this division, Robert Whitaker would probably be there. But, it's a big but, Izzy's still there. Yeah. So I think Israel Adesanya is one of those people who, with his reach advantage on almost everyone, you cannot allow him to pick his strikes against you. Just like you can't allow somebody like John Jones, you know, Prime Anderson Silva, you can't let them just sit there and pick their strikes. Izzy's one of those people who, if you don't get in his face, He's just going to have a field day with you, basically. He's going to have fun. He's not going to get tired. He's going to kick you. He's going to punch you. He's going to do whatever he wants to do to you, all fight. I think Robert Whitaker, his best option is trying to get in Izzy's face, trying to grapple with him, trying to take it to the ground, you know, trying to get a few submissions in, all of that, kind of like tire Izzy out, even though Izzy just seems to never get tired. (laughs) Um, I do believe Izzy wins this fight, and I almost give it to him very clearly, but... I feel like Robert Whitaker has an like opportunity this time. And he obviously did in their last fight. And if you look at Izzy, you know, his uh only loss in his career was, you know, his attempt to become the double champ. I feel like in his division where he is the champ, there's no one currently that's going to threaten that spot. And there's a lot of people like that 
I thought Amanda Nunez was the same way. You know, I, I really thought everything would be kind of boring in the UFC when it comes to people never, like, moving from their spot. I feel like Israel Adesanya <clears throat> will never move from his spot. That's I feel fair. like he will retire with that belt. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. So with that being said, obviously Robert, Robert Whitaker is not beating him. And honestly, I give it – I'm giving it KO – I think Robert lasts at least to round four, though. I think the ref steps in. Okay. So I'm going to start off by saying, like, the disrespect to Robert Whitaker here <laughs> is a little ridiculous to me because, honestly, I will not be surprised if I wake up on Sunday morning and we have the new middleweight king wow. in Bobby Knuckles, Robert the Reaper Whitaker. I'm picking Israel Adesanya mm. to win this fight. Don't get me wrong. But I've been back and forth so much. I do think this is going to be very, very competitive. And it's because I think Jan Blahovic showed how to beat Adesanya. Mm-hmm. He laid down the blueprint of his future contenders and challengers that Adesanya can be beat by being wrestled. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, Israel Adesanya, in his last fight, he fought a wrestler in Marvin Vittori. He fought a wrestler and he dominated. He dominated Marvin Vittori. Yeah, I think yeah. he only got taken down once in like the first round, but after that, it was just insane. Adesanya was picking Marvin Vittori apart, and you can't blame Adesanya for not knocking out Vittori. I mean, Vittori has a blockhead and he's not going down at all. But with Whitaker, I think he knows that blueprint. He knows the game plan. He's shown that he can wrestle. In his last fight, he got a decision win over Kelvin Gaslam. But more importantly. He landed four takedown or four takedowns in that fight, mm-hmm. and honestly, in that first fight between Whitaker and Adesanya, that was not the same Robert Whitaker that we're seeing right now. Right. I think that might be one of the worst performances of Robert Whitaker's career okay. in that first fight. Robert Whitaker was just charging when he shouldn't have charged. He was throwing looping shots when he should have just stuck behind a jab, and let Adesanya, who's one of the most experienced strikers. Who can who has the best head movement probably in the UFC, mm-hmm. and can pick apart his opponents? That's you don't want to throw looping shots and be charging in randomly. Adesanya is going to see that coming from a mile away. He's six foot four with an eighty inch reach. I mean, Adesanya is the middleweight king for a reason. But with that being said, if Whitaker can take down Adesanya, I can see him winning this fight. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. I think this fight is going to go to decision. Either way, if Whitaker decides to wrestle Adesanya and can wrestle Adesanya, I do think Whitaker is going to win via decision just because, you know, takedowns and attempts for takedowns take a while. It's going to eat that clock all five rounds. I think Whitaker wins via decision that way. But honestly, if I were to predict it, I do see Adesanya winning via decision on this one just because I think he's going to be able to stuff some of those takedowns. He stuffed Marvin Vittori's takedowns. I do think Vittori is just a little bit stronger than Whitaker as well. Mm-hmm. So I do see Adesanya being able to st- to stuff at least the majority of those takedowns. He might lose a round or two because Whitaker might get one down or not. Um, but Adesanya, I don't know if he'll be able to knock him out, but he'll be able to show off that impressive striking and get the job done and get the win against Robert Whitaker. And when it comes to like future challenger or challengers, um, I don't know if Adesanya is as untouchable as you say, Michael. Okay. Just because I could see 
Derek Brunson beating Jared Cannonier, like we both predicted, mm-hmm. he would be next in line for Adesanya. And I do like that matchup for Brunson just because there's a lot of energy and heat going into that matchup. And Brunson might be just a better wrestler than Whitaker and Vittori combined. So I do like that matchup. I do think Adesanya is one of the best champions we have right now in the UFC. And I expect him to retain the middleweight uh, championship on Saturday night in Houston. Um, Before we sign off, though, I want to run through the picks one more time. So, Alex, I'll go to you first. Go ahead and run through your five uh, picks. I got Nazrat Hack Press by Decision against uh, Bobby King Green. I uh, have Kyler Phillips, uh, late second-round knockout. I think he's going to catch him with a counter-strike. I got Jared by knockout, and I have a knockout victory by Taitu Avasa. And then, finally, Israel Adesanya is going to knock out Robert Whitaker and humble him. Oh, wow. I have Bobby Green. I also have Kyler Phillips. I believe I also have Derek Brunson. I believe I said knockout. I don't know if I'm able to change that just yet. I want to <laughs> say submission now. I almost am confident in a submission victory. For there. Brunson? For Brunson. Okay. Also, I have Derek Lewis. I believe I was the only one to have him. Uh, Derek Lewis will knock out Ty. Um, and Israel Adesanya, fourth round KO, Robert Whitaker. He's still the king of the middleweight division. All right, we do have some disagreements here, which is always fun. Uh, for the first fight, I do have Bobby Green picking up the win against Nazrat Hakparast. I just think he's more talented, especially on the feet, more experienced. I'm um, going to fight number two. I do have Kyler Phillips over Marcelo Rojo. Um, again, just more experienced. I think his striking is better. And if he's able to take down Rojo, I see him picking up a submission win later on in the fight. Um, and then we get into the middleweight division here with Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson. Blonde Brunson is no joke. His wrestling is insane. And I think he has what it takes to wrestle Cannonier to a decision win in the third fight of the night. Then we go to the co-main event, heavyweight clash between Lewis and Tuivasa. Honestly, somebody's going to go down in this fight. Mm-hmm. I do think it will be Lewis, though. I think Tuivasa is going to get his hand raised and, more importantly, a beer drunk through a shoe and then the main event i also have israel the last style bender adesanya he's just so good uh talented with his strikes his head movement if whitaker can wrestle him though i do find um a way that whitaker could win this fight but i like adesanya's takedown defense just enough to retain him as the middleweight king of the ufc All right, well, that will do it for us from WZIP Sports. Joining me were Michael Matthews. Yes, absolutely. And Alex Henry. Signing off. My name is Jake Murrin. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Josh Roller at the top of the show. And hopefully UFC 271, Adesanya v. Whitaker 2, will be as good as it looks on paper on Saturday night from Houston. All right, we are out of here. Enjoy the fights, everyone. Peace.